You're listening to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, a comfy, cozy place for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is the place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 45, I'm going to chat with Kate Murphy on the topic of chronic illness and private practice. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm joined today with Kate Murphy. Uh, She's a social worker and yoga teacher. And today we're going to talk about why go into private practice if you have a chronic illness. So welcome, Kate. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so yeah, like you said, I'm a social worker and yoga teacher, uh, and future private practice owner. I'll be launching my own private practice, uh, next summer in the summer of 2022. I am kind of doing a little career change. I'm currently wrapping up the final year of my MSW program. Um, and I'm also chronically ill. So that is a big piece of, you know, why I'm in the work that I'm in and the community that I want to serve and my reasons for going into private practice as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, thinking about the topic today, I know that it's something that is personal to you. And opening up a business or a private practice is difficult anyway, but adding chronic illness on top of that um, can just further add complications and sometimes make it a little more difficult. Um, so, what are some of the um, you, you know main things that you want to talk about for people that maybe have chronic illness and are considering opening up a private practice? Yeah. I mean, you said it exactly. You know, there's already so many challenges that therapists face when they're opening up a private practice. It's just all new stuff. And there's so many decisions you have to make about, you know, who you're going to serve and uh, how many hours a week you're going to work, you know, what your schedule will look like um, and how you'll kind of build your business around your lifestyle. Uh, And for a lot of people with chronic illness, those, those decisions are compounded by, you know, unpredictable symptoms and, um, just rough times, you know, having chronic diseases that fluctuate in their presentations and things that are really hard to plan for. Um, so yeah, more than 40%, I think of the population has, has a chronic illness and that number is just going up. So, um, I know a lot of therapists with chronic conditions are looking at private practice more and more because, it's just not feasible to go into agency work, you know, just the, they're notorious for burnout and it doesn't work for a lot of therapists who are in really good health, you know, and then throw in a chronic illness on top of that. And it just becomes really unsustainable work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really fascinating that it's 40%. I mean, I knew that a lot of people had chronic illness, but I didn't know the percentage and yeah, that makes so much sense. Why private practice would be appealing to people in our field. Cause as therapists, you have a couple different options and normally it's working for an agency or working in a private practice and agency work can be really grueling. It can be really difficult. And with a chronic illness on top of that, it, it seems like it, you know, could almost be impossible sometimes. And even thinking about, um, 
yeah, there's a lot of things I think that, cause I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, even just being a highly sensitive person and working at, in an agency setting was really difficult. And I also sometimes struggle with chronic migraine and that can be really difficult. So adding all those things in with agency work can uh, be very unsustainable. Yeah, absolutely. I feel you on the migraines. I have chronic migraines as well. You know, that's one of my conditions. And, um, in, in this country in general, you know, people with disabilities and chronic illnesses just still face such difficulty with unsupportive work environments and, you know, often even discriminatory work environments. Um, we don't have universal access or universal design here. You know, it's still a process of you have to reveal all of your personal health information and, you know, try to get your employer to accommodate that. In an ideal world, that would be a simple, straightforward process, but that's usually not what it looks like. Um, so yeah. And, and that can be like re-traumatizing too, you know, to go into a agency setting like that or another setting and, and have to do all that. Um, sometimes, you know, folks just turn to private practice because it's easier to be your own boss and not really have to explain all of that to someone else, which mm-hmm. can take away a lot of the stress in and of itself right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just the fact of being able to create your own schedule, because I talk a lot about building your practice around who you are. Um, Mm -hmm. And that can be really anything that you want it to be. So being able to, you know, to fit your schedule around what you need and thinking about chronic illness, a lot of them are, um, are invisible. So that I think adds another layer of complication whenever you're working for someone else, because you, you know, your employer can't always see when you actually are ill and that I would assume would be, would be difficult. Yeah. Um, and I, I love listening to your stuff because that's one of the things I was thinking as I was planning about, you know, what should we talk about today and what kind of things do I want to bring up? And really, you know, it's a lot of the stuff that you're already talking about and it's just, um, you know, it's true for everyone going into private practice. And it's like that much more true for therapists with chronic illness, because yeah, you talk a lot about, you know, you don't have to do it the way everyone else does it. You have to do it how it works for you, or it's just not going to work. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I love that because, you know, if I tried to see, um, 30 clients in a week, you know, my practice would last maybe one week. Right. And then, and then I'd be shutting it down. Um, so just, yeah, getting to know yourself and, um, you know, each person with chronic illness is the one living in their own bodies and they know themselves in their own bodies best. And even though things can be hard to predict sometimes, um, just planning as best you can. And then knowing that, you know, it's okay that you have to keep things flexible and things might change. So even if you set whatever schedule for yourself, um, just having that compassionate mindset towards yourself that at some point that is going to get derailed, right? You just can't mm-hmm. control that. And, and how we respond when that comes up um, has a lot to do with how sustainable our practices can be too. Because if you have these rigid expectations, you know, I'm going to do it the way everyone else does it. And however that is, right? Um, yeah. And and I have to make it work this way because this is what private practice therapists do. Um, there's just so much pressure to put on yourself when, when you're living with different conditions that are really out of your control a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thinking about that, um, I mean, it sounds like going into private practice as someone with a chronic illness, you know, if you're a therapist, that it's kind of a no brainer, like it. And I know that 
starting a private practice or starting a business isn't always easy, but I think it's totally worth it. And that you can get to that place where you have um, the freedom and flexibility that you need in your daily life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, for me, it was a no brainer. Um, I, you know, kind of did a career switch in part because of my chronic illness, um, just because my journey kind of changed me as a person so much and changed the way I look at the world, um, that I decided I wanted to do this work, but also because the work I was doing before was really just not possible. You know, there's, and I forget the statistic, but, um, a really large percentage of people with chronic illness have to change their jobs, uh, because of their illness and how it affects them physically and their ability to do whatever work they're doing. So yeah, I was um, one step away from being licensed as a speech language pathologist and I couldn't complete that last step, that nine month fellowship. And so I, you know, was thinking more about it and um, being a therapist in a lot of settings doesn't offer you a ton of flexibility. And like Mm -hmm. you said, can be pretty grueling, Um, but there's like this shining star of private practice, right? That I was like, wait, you know, that, that could work. So um, just thinking about that. And then another thing that you had mentioned that I wanted to come back to was, you know, that all of my illnesses are invisible. So no one looking at me, uh, an employer, a friend, a client, whoever would not know that, that I'm sick often. So that's another huge component because it's just, um, really undermining to your work and, to your self-esteem and so forth when you're trying to go into a job and do your best and you're often pushing through so many symptoms and so much pain that no one can see Mm -hmm. and having to explain that all, um, you know, sometimes we don't want to explain that all, right. (laughs) It's kind of, we're just trying to do our best and, you know, we don't want to stop and, and make that into a whole big thing. And, and it just makes working for someone else really difficult sometimes. So being able to make a plan for yourself is just really empowering. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that you can set up your own business to set yourself up for success and to go into it with a lens of self-compassion where you're thinking about, um, your needs first, because, you know, we want to help people, but you say this all the time. You can't do that if you're not set up for success for yourself and you're not supported. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really is not in a selfish way, but you do need to put yourself first in your business. And I think that is going to be the best thing for the clients as well. Um, and I know that whenever we talk um, on the next episode, we'll get into more specifics about self-care and scheduling and boundaries. But um, in this episode, I wanted to go into a little bit more about, you know, now that we are talking about clients and do a lot of therapists with chronic illness disclose to their clients because sometimes, you know, you may have to reschedule a little bit more often or symptoms may come up and maybe what your thought process has been like, or what you know of other people in a similar situation, like how they've made the decision, whether or not to share that with clients and how they share it and how that process all works. Yeah. And that's a totally personal decision, you know, and people do it kind of every which way, you know, Mm -hmm. they might tell their clients something big and then just figure, you know, if something comes up, you know, then I'll explain if I need to. Um, Some people like to keep it totally private and Mm -hmm. and that's understandable too. Um, I plan on serving specifically uh, folks with chronic pain and illness. And so Mm -hmm. that's going to be kind of built into my practice in a way that um, it'll you know, that self-disclosure will be right there on my website. So Mm -hmm. folks know kind of 
that that's a place where I'm coming from with lived experience. Um, but yeah, for, for people who've already been working in an agency setting and want to go into private practice, that's something they've been dealing with already. You know, how do I disclose this to my clients or do I want to? And then for folks who are just starting out in their career, like me or others who have been a therapist for a long time, but maybe just acquired a chronic illness, Mm -hmm. right. Cause that can happen at any point in any of our lives. Um, that's something they need to think about. Do I want my clients to know that I'm chronically ill? Um, and if I do, you know, so that we can have a, a more human relationship, a more personal understanding so that they can understand if something comes up, um, and I'm out of the office for two weeks or, you know, they know that it's really about me. It's not about them. And, um, they kind of have more information so they don't feel like they're in the dark. Um, then how much, how much detail do you go into? And so, um, yeah, definitely a personal decision and something to think about. And it's tied also to, you know, who your community is, because like for me, since I'll be serving those folks, it makes sense for me to share that. Um, and that'll just be, helpful for folks to know that I, that I kind of get it. And I go through the same things. Um, if you're serving a totally unrelated community, it might not make as much sense for you. So yeah, mm-hmm. it just depends. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, a lot of considerations to make and thinking about in your situation, because that's, uh, the type of clientele that you're going to be working with. They're going to understand they're going to get it. And it also helps with a lot of um, I don't know, specific things that people come to therapy for, sometimes it can really help them to know that their therapist understands what they're going through. And I think chronic illness can be one of those things. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, choosing and choosing your niche that you'd like to work with when you go into private practice, um, it's important to remember, like, just because, you know, I, I thought a lot about that just because I'm chronically ill, do I want to work with chronically Mm -hmm. ill folks? And that really is my passion. And so that was kind of a no brainer for me, but, you know, thinking about vicarious traumatization and in that setting too, as a therapist, um, you know, for some people with chronic pain and illness, that, that might not be what feels good to them to be doing that work, uh, every day that might not be sustainable. So just, figuring that out about yourself too, before you kind of get into your private practice and set up your website and write all that copy for your niche and, you know, plan who you'd like to work with. Um, Definitely something to think about because it's already something that really penetrates every area of your life living with a chronic illness. And so how much do you want to bring that to work? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if it's your work as well, there's really no escape from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Lots of things to consider. Yeah. And there's, there's a ton more we can talk about too. Yeah. A lot of the, the more nitty gritty things when you get into setting up your practice. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with for this little episode, you know, the introductory into why maybe go into private practice if you have a chronic illness? Yeah. You know, just tailoring things to yourself. If you're thinking about it and you have a chronic illness, you know, there's a reason that you're thinking about it and really just taking that time to think about how this could play out for you, depending on the setting you work in, um, what might life look like for you in private practice? Um, do you have the supports that you'll need to do that? Because like you said, it is a big undertaking for anyone starting a business. So, 
really just, yeah, take Cindy's advice of set up your practice the way, the way you want to do it. Um, and there is a community out there of therapists with chronic pain and illness. Actually, there's a Facebook group. I think it's called therapists thriving with chronic pain and illness. Um, and yeah, just taking a look at what other people are doing and things that make private practice better for them, that make it harder for them and making an informed decision because there's a lot of things to consider, but people do it and, you know, are successful all the time with chronic illness and private practice. So it's a big possibility that I think holds a lot of promise for us. Yes. I love that. And um, yeah, I'm excited that you mentioned that Facebook group because having a community of people that are going through the same thing that you are and also in private practice, that's going to be so rich, um, you know, with information to help support you and help you to be successful in private practice. So I hope everyone checks that out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here with me today. And I'm excited for us to chat for the next episode uh, where we get into the more nitty gritty. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 46, I continue my conversation with Kate about chronic illness, where we chat about self-care, scheduling, and boundaries. If you haven't yet listened to episode 44, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I answer the question, should you start an email list for your business? I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcast and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. And if you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy small group mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. May the forest be with you.